What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us as well at The Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Jacob and I are back in... Ah, fuck me. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Jacob and I are back in studio, and Tyler and I will be joining us on the phone. We also have a very special guest joining us this week. He is the radio voice of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Mustang Athletics, on ESPN AM 1280 and FM 101.7 in the Central Coast, Chris Sylvester. We're going to talk to Chris about his journey to becoming the voice of Cal Poly Athletics on the radio. We'll also talk about another one of his radio gigs that is pretty unique and where Jacob and I know Chris from, actually. We'll also get Chris's thoughts on where the sports world stands as far as the major U.S. sports leagues returning. To close it out, we'll dive into a few hypothetical scenarios with Chris I have from my running list of scenarios that I've found on various social media outlets. All right, let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 147 of the Sports Kingdom show, day 105, since the NBA has suspended their season after the first known positive coronavirus case in the league. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. What's going on, Tyler? How you doing, man? Damn, dude, 105 days. That's crazy. Yeah, right? And and counting. Wild, but yeah. yeah, I'm doing all right. We're getting through it. Yeah, so that that other voice you just heard on the board for us, our co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. What's up, Jacob? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Every day's uh, every day's a grind. I will say that definitely day, day by day, chipping away at it, taking it day by day. That's all you can do. So we have a very special guest with us this week on the TSK show. We welcome to the Sports Kingdom the radio voice of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Mustang Athletics on ESPN AM 1280 and FM 101.7 in the Central Coast, Chris Sylvester. Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, guys. Thanks so much for, for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to hop on. I've, I've had a chance to listen a little bit over the, the past couple of months. And uh, honestly, I wish I would have found this this podcast while, while everything was going. But I, I think there's still been a lot to talk about in regards to sports. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to help uh, break it down as best I can. Oh, well, we appreciate the kind words and uh, we appreciate you being here, man. So Jacob and I actually know Chris through a, a unique way. Uh, he is a traffic reporter for the radio station we work for, KFI AM 640. Here it's in almost the- like pen pals. We only know each other through uh, through direct through lines yeah. I've, I've and never, emails. Yeah, I've never met Chris in person. I, I've only seen him in pictures. Uh, we've only worked a few shifts together on the weekends. 
But Chris and I got to to talking one night when we had a shift together and we got to talking about sports and I, I thought he would be a great guest to have on the show. So we're happy to have you here, man. Yeah, I, I think it like uh, like you said there, uh, Jacob, uh, kind of like pen pals, right? We we've never met each other i guess now is not the best time to to meet somebody and shake their hand but no not in person uh, at least yeah. <laughs> yeah we 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 do the we do the non-sports thing on on kfi from time to time but i tell you what if there's one thing i've learned in this industry you you take the uh radio media tv whatever the case may be you take those reps um as much as you can even if it doesn't necessarily pertain to to what you're trying to do um, I, I think being with a station like KFI and obviously kind of falls under the iHeartRadio umbrella. Yeah. I think for any young professional trying to bust into the broadcast media industry, especially down there in L.A., um, it, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, definitely. And that's the reason I, I really started the podcast was to get reps behind the microphone. Uh, Don Martin, the the president of AM570 uh, here in Los Angeles, the sports station for iHeartRadio he always says that you need at least 10,000 hours behind the microphone. And, and he's not the only person that I've heard say that, but it's, it's that practice and it's, it's a great practice, especially for you as a traffic reporter. So before we, we get into sports and your journey as a broadcaster in the sports world, what's it like being a traffic reporter in a city known for having some of the worst traffic in the world? Uh, it, it, it's, I've learned so much and I don't even think I'm that great of a traffic anchor. I'm, I'm, I, and I don't even, I don't even know. And that's the tough part, right? It's like, does the listener care how, how good the anchor sounds or do they just care about the information that's coming out? Whether, whether I tell you that you're going to be tapping on the brakes about 10 miles from your exit, or whether I just tell you that it's heavy traffic, something generic like that. I don't know if the listener really cares as much as say listening to you call a big touchdown with five seconds left in a game so i think that's the biggest difference between being a traffic anchor and um you know talking sports or or, or doing play by play but i've learned so much and I, I think if if anything in one area it's helped me and it's it's helped my driving because you hear about all the crazy accidents and oil spills that that happen daily and, and almost hourly in the greater los angeles area so uh that has been that job has been a blessing uh just just being able to connect with you know men such as yourselves and and others that, that have helped me you know in the field but i think more than anything it, it's helped me kind of be more aware where the the accident hotspots are in southern california because it, it always it, like like the 405 for whatever reason is oh, always slow during no. this stretch and there's always a big accident right near lot La, la Tierra and and on the 101 cold water canyon seems to be a hot spot and on the 91 in orange county like the fullerton area seems to be one where there's a lot of accidents and then once you're driving through those areas and you see that there's a little weird swivel in the road and this is distracting you're like wow i can see how people you know, get into accidents here relatively frequently. So um, I, I think it's just educated me on, uh, you know, just the roads in Southern California. And uh, I, I guess I'm happy to be able to, uh, you know, reach people and, and maybe help them take a different way home or a different way to getting to, to their destination. But 
it, it's been quite the experience. I've, I've been doing it for two years now, actually. It'll be two years in early July since I, I got the job there. And um, I, I've learned a lot about radio. I, I tell you what, I, I had a, I had a pretty big slip up that definitely could have cost me my job. I think the first year I was on, I was working an overnight shift, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. And let me tell you, the first time you work a graveyard, it, I mean, it is just a, a complete culture shock, unless you've pulled an all-nighter, you know, in recent memory before that. But I remember that after I was done anchoring Robin Banks, who does a great job with L.A. morning traffic, and I, I know um, you guys mentioned that you guys have worked with the Gary and Shannon show in the morning, so I'm sure you're familiar with that name, Robin Banks. The oh, traffic yeah, her anchor. and um, her daughter, uh, Soren Crumb. Yeah, Soren. I didn't Soren, even know they were Soren's related. Great. And I, yeah, and I've, I've got to know them pretty well, but I, um, I, I finished traffic at 5 a.m. and I had to produce traffic scripts for Robin until 6 a.m. until my shift was officially over. And to keep myself awake, I, I listened to some, some hip hop, some R&B music, and uh, I, I forgot a tiny detail, and that was to turn off the microphone that was connected to the computer. So when oh, Robin Banks no. comes on... At 5.15, I think I'm listening to some, you know, mixtape Wiz Khalifa <laughs> to keep me awake. And, you know, it's probably uh, uh, a word that's not allowed on AM, FM radio, every other word. And uh, long story short, somehow they, they reviewed it and there was no foul language. for. I don't even know how I got that lucky. But under her report, you had Wiz Khalifa playing in the background. Uh, KFI was not happy about it. iHeartRadio you know, my people weren't happy about it. I'm, I'm fortunate that I was able to hold on after that. But um, I, I just think it's been constant learning the two years that I've been a traffic anchor. And um, as, as we talked about right before we hopped on here, just getting to know everybody, uh, uh, the, the other hosts with, with Eric here, um, I don't know what's tougher, being a, a, a meteorologist in the Seattle area covering weather up there with how unpredictable it is or or, or trying to sit through rush hour L.A. traffic and anchor and produce that. So um, it's been an interesting couple of years, but I'm very thankful for it. No, nah, it's 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 crazy. So are you from Southern California originally? Were you like hip to the traffic situation down here prior to you getting the job? Yeah, I'm, I'm born and raised in Long Beach. I went to St. John Bosco High School in Bellflower, and, okay. and that's kind of how I got my sports broadcasting career off the ground because when I was a, a junior in high school I started broadcasting their games and all of a sudden you know Josh Rosen was there and, and some other guys that went on to be successful D1 players were there so that's kind of how I, I got into to play by play but I, I have Long Beach born and raised the LBC 562 through and through uh, I do reside for the most part in, in the San Luis Obispo area now but um, I'm very familiar with, with Southern California, how all that works. Okay. So you went to St. John Bosco that, and that's how you said you got your start in sports broadcasting and, and play by play. What was it like getting to call some of probably the most electric high school football games in Southern California history? Cause I mean, St. John Bosco's had quite the run the last 10, 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I got to high school in 2010 and they had a new head coach by the name of Jason Negro come in. And, I've and, met you know, him I, working with uh, Petros and Money on remotes before. Great yeah, guy. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, he's become a, a little bit of a superstar down there with all the success he's had. I think he's won three state championships now in a decade, and Bosco in their history had never won one prior to his arrival. So 
Uh, you know, I played baseball in high school. I think, I think all of us uh, that that play sports competitively at that early high school age uh, still kind of have our eyes on that prize. You know, I think going into high school, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a professional pitcher. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my fastball up to 90 miles an hour. I'm gonna have wicked spin on my curveball, and I'm gonna go play college ball after this. And well, you know, genetics come into play. You stop growing at about five eight, and uh, your fastball doesn't get much faster than 70, 75 miles an hour, and you got to find something else to do. But one thing I always knew I wanted to do from a very young age was something in sports. And uh, when you're at a, when you're really young, you don't you don't know the ins and outs of the industry. You don't know how many jobs there actually are in sports. And so when I had to kind of ditch the playing thing towards the latter portion of my my high school days. Uh, I had been calling into to radio shows in the Orange County, L.A. area from as early as I can remember, like eight or nine years old. Um, you know, I, I grew up closer to Orange County than I did to I, I guess growing up in Long Beach, you're, you're really close to Orange County. You're also really close to L.A. But um, I, I will say that I'm, I'm a little bit ashamed, but maybe not so much with this little 60 game season we have coming up. I'm an Angels fan and my family was season ticket holders growing up and I was calling into the postgame show, Angel Talk, with uh, the late Rory Marcus, um, you know, after games that I'd watch and attend in person. And so that's at that age, I really started to, uh, you know, develop liking to talk about sports. And so when I got to high school, it was really the perfect storm. And, and that's how it works in this industry. It's like, you, you know, somebody at the right time and somebody puts in a good word to, to a buddy of theirs at the right time and boom. You're kind of in the door and you do everything you can to stay in the game, per se. And so, uh, yeah, Josh Rosen, getting to watch him progress through his high school career from when he was a freshman to his senior year and calling all those games throughout. I mean, calling games at Angels Stadium when they used to hold the high school championship there and and at the, the, the Galaxy Field. What's it called now? Dignity Health Sports Park. I mean, it's gone like five different name changes since in the last decade, but at the time, I think it was the StubHub Center. I think they had 20,000 there for De La Salle, St. John Bosco. So uh, just getting to, to connect with guys, like you mentioned, like Petros and Money along the way. I saw them at a game, got to shake their hand, introduce myself. And uh, Fox obviously covers a lot of the big high school games in Southern California. So kind of got to network there as well. And I mean, you know, when, when you call a, a high school national championship season, I think it definitely... Um, adds to, to the fun of, of being a play-by-play -play guy. I, I'll tell you this, if, if I was the play-by-play -play guy at, at, say, you know, um, uh, no disrespect to Buena Park High School, but they don't necessarily have a, a, a national championship caliber football program, I, I don't know if I am where I am today. You know, I, I think it, it was just the perfect storm getting to call a 16-0 and high school season, national state champions, all, all this recognition from all these big-time media outlets, and that really opened my eyes to what the sports broadcast industry was and, and that it was possible to kind of climb past that. And so, um, I, you know, to this day, I still am the executive producer of the St. John Bosco Football Radio Network. Actually, last year, the state championship game, we were able to get it on AM 790 KABC there in the L.A. area. I, I was unfortunately not on the broadcast, but I kind of helped uh, you know the school and, and the station come to terms on on the broadcast time and so um, I, I love my alma mater and I'll, I'll try and do as much as I can for them 
um, as, as time allows. But, um, you know, I, I owe them everything as far as kind of um, making me realize that the dream of being a broadcaster uh, wasn't too far-fetched. Well, it sounds like you have a very seasoned resume so far, but uh, what's your connection to the Central Coast? My connection to the Central Coast. So uh, don't have any family up here. Didn't know anybody up here prior to getting the job. And uh, I, I am technically an employee of a company by the name of Learfield IMG. They oversee UCLA's broadcasts. Uh, they don't oversee USC's broadcasts, but a lot of big Division One programs coast to coast. I'd say majority their broadcast and media rights are owned by Learfield IMG. And so when I graduated high school, and, and I'll tell you what, I was not a good student. I was not a good student. Me neither, Mike. bud. Me neither. Yeah. That's why you go into radio because you could talk. <laughs> well, well, you know, the thing is, you guys say you're not a good student, but I mean, I, I didn't even get to that four year. You know, I never got there. I, I applied. I didn't I didn't have the, the best knowledge coming out of high school. I, I, I'm sure if I would have known what I know now, I probably would have applied to like Arizona State. Syracuse, some of those really, really good broadcast programs and just gone in debt to try and, you know, chase that dream. But, um, you know, coming out of high school, I only applied to, to Long Beach State and I didn't get in. And, uh, you know, that can kind of be looked at as maybe more of a blessing now than, than at the time. But at the time, it was really discouraging. I went to Cypress Junior College in Orange County. And uh, boy, once I got a car and had the freedom of going to class when I wanted to and not, you know, more times than not, I wasn't going to class and and it was really because i was so caught up in in you know broadcasting games for saint john bosco and all the attention they got i wanted to put literally every second of every day into preparation or or dreaming about what might be next and so uh very quickly after i graduated high school i i literally called and emailed every division one school in america i kid you not you know coast to coast you know, in the South, Midwest, didn't matter. I, I just wanted to go somewhere. I wanted to call games and I, I wanted to take that next step. And so the, I, I got about out of the 300 plus emails I sent, I got two or three replies. Two of the replies were from some schools I can't even remember that said, hey, thanks for sharing, but we're good on broadcast talent. The one reply that wound up meaning a lot to me was from Cal Poly and they said, Hey, you know, we don't have an opening right now, but, um, let's, let's talk a little bit more and, and maybe we can, you know, put you on our pregame show or put you on our postgame show and, and get you started like that. And, and at the time, I mean, anything like that meant the world to me. And so, um, you know, I, I just kind of made the connection there and kind of checked in periodically. I, I think maybe, I think there's a fine line between bugging somebody about a job and, and being persistent. And I think I played it pretty well for the age that I was at the time. Um, and, and so, you know, time goes by, a couple years go by since I reach out and, and I, I get a couple missed calls. I wake up to a couple missed calls one morning. I'm, um, you know, not doing too well in, in my career. I, you know, don't, I'm like unwilling to get a non-broadcast job, um, not really going to class much. Things weren't, weren't too good at the time, but um, I got a couple of missed calls. I called the guy from Cal Poly back and he told me that the, the play-by-play guy had resigned and that they were interested in me for the position. And I, I almost didn't believe it because I had never met them face to face. And, you know, I was 19 years old, almost 20. And I, I mean, the guy that I took over for was, you know, in his late forties, if not early fifties. And he had been the voice of a couple of the Cubs minor league teams. He had much more impressive resume before he got to Cal Poly 
than I did. So, um, you know, I didn't really think it was realistic to jump into the play-by-play role. I was willing to board off the games and willing to, to do pregame, postgame. But um, for whatever reason, they didn't interview anybody else, and uh, they gave me the job. And, and, man, there was so much hesitation around the athletic department at the time with, with giving a 19-year-old, about-to-be 20-year-old, that type of platform to call 11 football games, 30 basketball games, 56 baseball games on an ESPN affiliate. Uh, and, and really, if, if you ever get a chance to make it up here, Cal Poly is it. There's no semi-professional team. The high schools aren't as talented as they are down south around here. There's no minor league team. Cal Poly is it. You, you walk into a Walmart here, it's not like it is in L.A. where you have SC, UCLA, Lakers, Clippers, Dodgers, Angels, Ducks, Kings. No, it's they even a, Cal Poly. Uh, they Cal even Poly. have a, a, a team store downtown. They do. They do have a team store downtown. So um, just just getting that opportunity. And, and, and Cal Poly is, is no Duke. Cal Poly is no UCLA. <laughs> but I tell you what, just getting that opportunity to, to like you said, with what, what to what Don Martin had to say, the 10,000 hours. I mean, that was my quickest way to 10,000 hours. So obviously, you know, I took the job and, um, you know, I, I was going through an interesting phase at the time. I, I not an interesting personal phase, but uh, an interesting style phase where I, I had bleached my hair blonde. <laughs> so here here I am showing up to uh, Reno, Nevada. We played the Nevada Wolfpack in Reno in football. Uh, first game I ever call and I show up. I mean, so unprofessional. I mean, not to say that you can't do a, a play-by-play job well with bleach blonde hair, but going back, I definitely would have shown up with my natural hair color and 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 maybe not tried to 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 bend the the you know the unwritten rules so much. But uh, you know, it was an interesting. My first year here was really interesting. I, I showed up with with uh, you know blue jeans at a game in South Dakota five hours before kickoff because I. I decided to take a Saturday flight instead of a Friday flight. And just you, you learn so much when you get kind of put on a job at that age. And I, I'm fortunate that I was able to, to, to keep that job, you know. And I don't want to say that I was unprofessional because I was choosing to be unprofessional. I just didn't know a whole lot about the industry at the time. I mean, if I could go back and, and help myself out, you know, from four years ago on how to do things a little bit better, I absolutely would. Um, but, you know, it, it's just been a really interesting journey um, to get to where I am now, I just completed my fourth season doing um, the football, men's basketball, and baseball. I've I've had the opportunity to go a lot of cool places. We played Princeton a couple years ago. Are those uh, the Are those the only three sports that you do? Uh, here, yeah. I mean, I, I've kind of dabbled. It's it's kind of hard to do anything else. Uh, you know, we do have a number two broadcaster that um, you know does the soccer games and, and uh, softball and women's basketball, but. Those games aren't aired on the uh, the ESPN platform. Those are just kind of more, uh, you know, GoPoly.com broadcast. So the di- yeah, the, uh, a digital broadcast. More of a digital thing. So, uh, you know, long story short, I, I didn't really have too many connections here on the Central Coast like I do now. I you know <clears throat> I've gotten to to appreciate it a lot, but definitely coming from being born and raised in Long Beach to the you know college town that it is up here the, the a lot of hipsters up here i mean it's it's a it's oh a there culture, is <laughs> it's it's a it's a culture shock for sure but I, I definitely appreciate it um a lot more now than i than i maybe did when i got here yeah because i actually uh worked up there i interned at a tv station ksby which is uh their main tv station that covers like stuff in santa barbara to even as far as Atascadero. 
But it's funny that you mentioned how dedicated they are to Cal Poly. You know, you go to the downtown, like I mentioned, and you see a team store, and um, just that's how big they are on their college sports. And not even just college, but high school, too. You know, they're big on mission prep as well as um, Cal Poly Slow's baseball team. So it's just it's really great that you mentioned that, too. Uh, but how did you get uh, into the connection of the ESPN stuff, though? I know you mentioned that a little bit, but can you talk more about that? Yeah, so uh, the, the the local station here, uh, they don't do too much original programming. I, you know, I mean, to be an ESPN affiliate, I think you need to air um, a certain amount of ESPN national programming Makes sense. per week to be able to kind of keep that ESPN name. So I know down there in Southern California, you have 710 KSPN. And I think AM 830, the Angel Station, is still technically an ESPN affiliate because they yeah, do the run angels, a Yeah, the Angels get bumped to 830 if there's, like, other programming on 710, right. I believe. Right, right. So uh, so how it works up here, there's, uh, there's an AM station for San Luis Obispo, Pismo Beach, Santa Maria, kind of the southern cities and the county. And then once you get to wine country, which is like Atascadero, Paso Robles, um, you know, closer to San Jose, that's when you can kind of access the games on the uh, the FM station. But um, it's a it's actually a really great lineup up here because the, the general manager of the station um, finds a way to on tape delay air Dan Patrick in the mornings, followed by Jim Rome nine to twelve. Oh wow! And then, and then put Coward on tape delay from. Uh, noon to three o'clock before they have their local afternoon drive show called the sports bite up here. Um, so it, it's a little bit of an interesting format because we're kind of halfway between LA and San Francisco. So the Dodger games are aired on the ESPN radio here, the Laker games and the warrior games kind of depending on what's a bigger matchup is taken by ESPN radio here as are the San Francisco 49er games. So, um, you know, we don't have the Mason and Ireland and uh, the, the the other, you know, hometown shows that 710 ESPN has. But um, I, I think just to kind of be on that ESPN affiliate and, and, you know, be able to do some broadcast from that studio and kind of have the connections that come with, you know, being affiliated with the ESPN radio brand. I, I think that's been really inspiring, you know, in regards to this job. I think this job would be equally as as fun for me if it was on like a jazz station that just happened to play Cal Poly games when they came on. But um, the fact that it is on an ESPN affiliate up here um, definitely uh, makes me makes me work a little bit harder, I think, to, to sound uh, as, as good as I possibly can. Yeah, for sure. So Jacob and I went to CSUN. CSUN and Cal Poly Slow, they're both in the Big West. And I... I saw you react on Twitter to David Nawaba getting signed by the Houston Rockets. I believe it was even yesterday. Yeah. yeah. And I said that I had a good David Nawaba story for you. Oh, yes. Yes, that's right. Yes, you did. So Jacob and I went to CSUN. That's how we know each other. And now we work together at iHeart and KFI. Tyler and I met at Buffalo Wild Wings working together uh, we were servers. That was my job in college to get me through college. And one night, the night before, Cal Poly Slow came down to L.A. to play Northridge. They came to the Buffalo Wild Wings that Tyler and I worked at. And I don't I don't remember if Tyler was there. Tyler, I don't know if you remember if you were there or not. But they yeah, came. I don't think I was. 
So anyway, I remember that. Anyway, they came in that night before the game, and the whole team sat on the patio, the, the players and the coaches, and I ended up being the one that served them. And this was David Nwaba's senior year. I believe it was 2015, 2016. Were you the play-by-play guy at the time? I, that was uh, – unfortunately, Nwaba's last year here was – the last year for the guy that I took over for. So no, unfortunately I, I didn't get to uh didn't get to call any of his games here. Okay. Well so basically the whole team orders and I serve them their whole experience, blah blah blah. The next night at at the CSUN slow game at the Matadome, my entire fraternity shows up because I had told them that I had served the team the night before and we should all go to the game. Basically my fraternity is like the student section because obviously, you know, Big West games, they they have smaller crowds. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the Matter Dome is not very big either. <laughs> no, it's not. So my fraternity was basically the student section for CSUN that night. And at one point when David Nawaba was at the free throw line, I basically started taunting him with his previ- previous night's Buffalo Wild Wings order. <laughs> <laughs> he had, he had honey barbecue boneless wings. I'll never forget it. Which are basically nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest here. <laughs> nuggets. That, really that's, good nuggets, though. Yeah. That's a story for a different day, though. But basically, I'm taunting him at the free throw line with his Buffalo Wild Wings order, and the bench is cracking up because they had recognized me in warm-ups because I, I, was, I was basically just taunting him with that story the whole game. And it the bench was cracking up. He looked over at me, kind of like smiled and laughed, and then hit the free throw and walked back. And I mean, he got the best of me. But well, hey, he was slow's prized possession, man. Hey, he Come made on. it to the NBA and played for the Lakers. I can say I had that moment with him in college. Yeah. <laughs> so it it was it was well worth it in my opinion. I, I want to, you know, I was hoping you'd go there with the story because, I mean, there's no better way to taunt somebody, and, and there's no better way, in my opinion. To, to get a player's attention, right? Because I'm sure that's not the first time he had been kind of heckled at the free throw line in college. Um, like you mentioned, the Big West crowds are a bit smaller, but non-conference, you do get out sometimes and play Pac-12 schools that that have bigger crowds. But uh, I, I think that that was the best way to get his attention. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't know when you, you guys were at CSUN, but um, that's actually been a pretty good rivalry in the Big West because when, when Reggie Theus was there his first year at the helm of that program, they actually played Cal Poly in the uh, Big West Championship 2014 uh, to, at Honda Center to get to the NCAA tournament. And so um, I've, 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 I've had my fair share of games at the Matadome. It's, it's an interesting atmosphere. What do you guys think about that CSUN mascot? He kind of scares me a little bit. Maddie, the Matador? Yeah, I didn't agree with it. When He's I first started in 2013, I didn't agree with our mascot, but I can't physically change that. But he is a little creepy, I will say that. Yeah, he's an interesting one. But, no, I mean, I had told the team when they were at Buffalo Wild Wings, as soon as I found out that the reason they were in town was to play CSUN the next night, I said, oh, well, I'll see you guys tomorrow night then. <laughs> I wonder, I, I hope he remembered that. And if he didn't, I'm sure he remembered it as he was letting go of that free throw. How, how'd you do? Did he, did he, did he miss one of them? No, he made them both. Oh. But I got, I got the recognition. So. I love that. That's a good story. I, I, I'm, I'm aiming to have, and, and I might not have any luck cause you know, he's, he's a Houston rocket now, but I'm aiming to have him on 
um, a, a show next week, and uh, maybe maybe I can uh, maybe maybe we, we can get him on on your guys' show sometime, and and you could you know kind of interview him and, and throw that in there. I'm no, sure I would love to. I'm sure he'd, I'm sure he'd love to hear that. Yeah, yeah, that would be great to have him. On. I mean, hey, if you if you could throw that lob to us, that would be incredible. I, hey, I'll, I'll tell you what, I will I will try, and I don't want to promise anything, but I feel good about it. I I feel like we can make it happen at some point over the next few months. Hopefully, hopefully while they're in the bubble. But I think he's still rehabbing from an injury uh, while he was with the Nets, um, and, and I don't know if he's going to play at the resumption of the season if it does happen. Yeah, I think uh, I think but, that was uh, more of a a long term move for. For Houston, I didn't think he was going to return to to play in Orlando either, because I, I, I'm pretty sure he's recovering from an Achilles injury. Yeah, Achilles ACL, something like that. One of one of the one of the bad ones that that sidelined you for a while. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I I think that would be that'd be great for for you to tell him that story. I wouldn't want to steal that thunder. I, I would want you to tell that story um, <laughs> instead of me. No, like I said, if you if you could throw that lob to us, it would it would be greatly appreciated. But we know we know how the, how it works in this business, and it, it might not always. Well, well, you know, I I can I can guarantee that we can get it at some point, um, hopefully soon, right? I mean, it'd be great to to chat with him about how the Rockets deal came about, um, definitely, and and the rehab process, and whether or not he's going to attend, uh, you know, the the resumption of the season. But I think that would be that would be a great talking point, and I'm sure he could maybe pull out a story too. I, I don't know if he's necessarily the most outgoing when it comes to interviews based on a couple i've had with him in the past but um might you know, be different now that his playing days in college are over yeah but you know he's 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 a juco guy he went to santa monica junior college yeah. for a year um and it's not like he was in he, he was no lamine Genet. hey it's okay um, I'm, a, I'm a juco product too i went to moore park so we have that connection as well yeah, so you gotta you gotta use that to your advantage. Absolutely, we'll try and make that happen for sure. Well, I appreciate it. So let, let's get back to you though. I wanted to ask you, what's the greatest game you've ever called, whether high school at Bosco or or with Cal Poly Slow? Wow, the greatest game I've ever called, and and I should absolutely have a definitive answer for that. I've called. Um, I, I mean, from from a personal standpoint. Um, I've called a game at Arizona uh, uh, with the crowd, you know, 15,000 plus. That was that was pretty cool. I've had a chance to do some some demo games for for the Seattle Mariners, the A's, the Giants and the Padres. So like the MLB, even though it wasn't live on any any platform, just being able to take my equipment there and and record a little demo or or a little tape. um, I would say like there's nothing that compares to the experience of being there. At, at a pro sporting event, but uh, you, you know, at at Cal Poly, I've 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 called some pretty good Big West games. There's been really, I mean, one thing that that if you don't know, like one thing that people outside of the Big West don't realize about the Big West is that there is so much parity in that conference. Yeah, from top to bottom. I think there was a stretch like two years ago where there had been eight different teams in eight different years to win the conference tournament to go to the NCAA tournament. No, it's um, it's a competitive conference within it, within itself. It's just yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's it's on a different level than than the Power right. Five, basically. Yeah, right. It's it's all it's it's not gonna it's not gonna come within you know sniffing distance of of a Power Five conference. No question about that. But um, man, I I <laughs> I'd love to uh, I'd love to edit this really think about it for a couple of days and give you guys a definitive answer but i'd say well hey there's always next time when you come back to the show 
Right. Of of course. I'd say I'd say just the the best experiences for me have honestly just been based on the venue. I, you know, I got to call a game at Creighton in Iowa last November. That was really fun. I got to call a game at Oregon State. Cal Poly played them up in Corvallis. Was it um, basketball or football? It was football up at Oregon State. So being there at Research Stadium, just knowing all the big college football moments and upsets that have happened there in the last couple of decades. I mean, just kind of thinking about the history that's gone on in some of these venues, even though it, it might be a blowout. Um, it's just kind of cool to, to sit there courtside sometimes and, and kind of have, you know, the, the seats at some of those bigger venues tower over you um, and whatnot. But, um, I, you know, I, I'll go back to my first year, and that was St. John Bosco 2013 when I was a senior in high school winning the, uh, the quote-unquote national championship. I mean, like I said, in Carson there at Dignity Health Sports Park at the time, it was StubHub Center. Um, they packed 20,000 in for that high school championship game. It's more than the Chargers were getting. Yeah, it's more more than the Chargers or or, or the Wildcats or anybody else has really gotten there. But um, uh, that was a 20-13 final score. It came down to a last-minute interception. um, And then just that atmosphere at that time. I mean, I'd love to pull out that tape, and I I wouldn't be too uh, ashamed to air it publicly, but – Boy, it did sound like a little kid in a candy store <laughs> when I called that that game-winning thing. I, I can tell you that my voice was uh, a lot higher than it probably is right now. Probably <laughs> really ever was on record. Were you 18 at the time? I was I was 17, so I I hadn't even gotten there yet. I was I was 17 doing those games, and obviously I, I didn't know how to use my voice. I think being a play-by-play guy it's really important to know how to use your voice. I could scream all I want, but I'm not sure if that's what everybody wants to hear. So I think, I think that the biggest challenge is understanding how high to go in those big moments, right? Because sometimes the moment in the crowd lets, lets you, lets it speak for itself. Really? Right. You think back to one of the greatest calls in sports history, 1988, Kirk Gibson's walk-off home run that Vince Scully was able to actually do on TV. And, you know, when he says she is gone, he's not screaming at the top of his lungs. No, he's, he says it really calm, actually. There's there's a little emphasis in it, but... There's a little, and it's just, it, it's it's like a chef putting putting the, the just the right amount of spice into, into a meal that makes it taste that much better. And in my opinion, play-by-play is such a craft, and really sports broadcasting in general is such a craft, but you have to be so careful with the rhythm of it. I almost compare it to um, like a music career in a lot of ways because there is a rhythm to uh, the way you call a baseball game. One of my favorites, John Miller, who, who still does the Giants radio games um, and, and used to do, obviously, we grew up with him and Joe Morgan on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. I, I think he does, um, you know, among active MLB broadcasters, that he just, I fall asleep to him. I, I, I really do. I mean, he's just so eloquent and elegant with the way he speaks and just the, his spacing and kind of just letting the fans at home hear uh, the fans that are at the ballpark making noise and, and chanting and uh, even the hot dog guy or the pretzel guy going up and down each aisle kind of hearing his chant to see if anybody wants to purchase that. So, um, you know, I, I think there's the, it's, it's really crafty. Anything, even you guys hosting this show, I think there's a certain craft like you guys have a really, um, you know, it's, it's really laid back and it's really easy to listen to. And it's really conversational. And I think a lot of people that are are and, and that's a compliment because a lot of people that are, Thank you. are 
hosting podcasts and trying to get into that, they, they try and go by the numbers too much and everything is a statistic and it, it's not, you know, it's not what people want to necessarily hear because I can look all that stuff. I want to hear, you know, original opinions. And, and like you said, you guys have, you know, certain things that you do uh, that are unique on the show. And so I, I think, I think broadcasting, whether it's sports, news, pop culture, whatever, I think there's a certain craft and there's a certain way to uh, make the audience want to listen to you again. Yeah, and it's it's funny you mentioned the the conversational aspect. It's it's one of the things I love about sports talk radio and just talking about sports in general with your buddies. You can talk about one single topic with forty different people, and you're going to hear forty different answers. Right, and and I've always I've always sought sports to be kind of like a universal language. You could walk into For a sure. bar not know anything about someone that might be 30 years older or younger than you. And if you guys know sports, you guys could be sitting there and talking for hours. And I think that's what's been the most difficult thing in these last three months. It's like buddies of mine that I'm usually talking on the phone with for, you know, hours at a time. It's like I'm not having those uh, phone conversations about the same thing anymore, right? Because we're not talking about, oh, this trade deadline's coming up or, free agency is coming up we've kind of been put on pause here so um, I, I think those of us that love sports and are in the sports media industry I think we have felt the uh, impact that this pandemic has had I mean forget the financial stuff and forget the the work stuff I mean just from a conversational aspect it's like I, I don't like talking about politics I'm not going to start talking about politics but what is there for me to talk about right now? Traffic, maybe every now and again, but, um, but absolutely, there's there's a craft to it, like you said, man, and and I think that's what's beautiful about it is that you know there could be forty different takes on it, and nobody's necessarily right, but nobody's necessarily wrong. Yeah, it's all subjective. So, with with that being said, you you mentioned how your conversations have kind of shifted over the last three months with the lack of sports. I mentioned at the beginning of the episode we're like 105 days since the NBA suspended its season. We're now on the cusp of sports returning, and I, I want to pivot the conversation now to your thoughts on sports returning. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm excited, right? But nah, who is, I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people who are excited. Sports fans have been dying for this for months. Oh my gosh! You know, I was just at a I was just at a car dealership today, and it's it's funny, like kind of that universal language thing. I'd never met this guy before, but he's a big Dayton Flyers fan, and they were, you know, they have. You OB don't see Toppin. many of those out here, right? Yeah, you don't get. I mean, you don't. Yeah, you don't hear of too many Dayton Flyer fans. But I mean, he was still. He said he hadn't stopped drinking since they canceled March Madness. So, <laughs> <laughs> a lot I of mean, us are with him. <laughs> I know. Uh, we're we're all kind of in that same boat. Um, as excited as I am, I am I'm curbing my enthusiasm because of the ever changing scenario that we've kind of had with this pandemic. You know, uh, I try to 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 not read headlines as much as read info and articles because headlines can be misleading. Uh, but I mean, the fact of the matter is that like the cases are going up in California and Arizona and Texas and Florida. 
and and we had once thought that those would be some of the more safer, you know, some of the states that would be in a, a better position right now. So I, I know I'm not I'm not here to talk about you know COVID by any means, but what I will say is that uh, you know as excited as I am for the NBA to come back and the MLB to come back and the NFL to open up training camp and the NHL to come back and you know heck you know I I, I won't lie I'm, I'm not a big follower of the MLS, but I'll, I'll be watching that for a while until until some of the other stuff comes back um wnba as well i think that's going to be really entertaining with the format they're going to roll with um i'm really excited i I picture myself the dog days of august some of the hottest days of the year just kind of at home with the fan on and literally watching back to back to back to back nba games almost like i do normally for the summer league right in july i mean that's kind of baseball you have yeah or or baseball i mean uh but I, I tell you what, um, I'm I like I said, I'm I'm cautiously I'm cautiously excited about all of it just because we're you know, if I've learned anything the past three months, I'm no health expert. I am in no way, <laughs> shape or form qualified to to make any type of prediction. And obviously for everybody of, of any age group, this is the first time we're going through something like this. And. Uh, you know, I, I think I was pretty naive at the jump. I didn't know how serious it was going to be. I thought, oh, we're going to get our sports back by June at the latest. I thought we were going to have MLB going in late uh, late late May, maybe even late April. And yeah, you thought it was going to be like a month off. It'll be we'll be back. Uh, and isn't that what we thought 105 days ago? Okay, Gobert test positive. Like, okay, like that's not good. NBA suspended. Okay, suspended for 30 days. But 30 days from now, they'll be they'll be back. Oh, wait, the CDC said not to have gatherings of more than 50 people for two months. Wait, so we're going to be out of work for a while, aren't we? So, um, so I mean, it's it's been it's been so amazing just going through this and living through this. I mean, what a time to be alive for so many reasons. But I'm excited, man. But I mean, until the ball actually starts bouncing again, I don't know if I'll really be at the excitement level that I've been wanting to be at for the last three months. For sure. Now. Like like you've been saying, you, you mentioned that that caution you're taking and you're kind of like tempering your your emotion and, and excitement towards sports returning. We we've had a lot of conversations on the show, Jacob, Tyler and myself about that same hesitance that we have. And we were all saying from the four from from the beginning, really, since the NBA was suspended, that that we don't think that sports should return for this like current season if 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 the league season hadn't started Tyler why don't you kind of explain your thought process and and your your thinking behind having that hesitance to christen we can kind of go back and forth with that well I mean initially I was hesitant because I didn't want to kind of mess up two seasons to say one you know where you know if you really tried to push it and save the season, which is what they're doing. Then you're going to bump it into next year. And, you know, you're going to have to adjust next year as well. So, initially, that's what I was really trying to avoid. Uh, now, I mean, I just think that I'm kind of, you know, in that same boat as it's like I've got a pessimistic view on how this is all going to go. And even if they do end up playing, I think this this COVID stuff is going to end up derailing it there's going to be enough players that already aren't going testing positive for the virus 
Um, it just doesn't feel right. And it just, the way things have been going now, I just don't feel like sports, it just doesn't seem, I don't see how sports can go on until we've kind of resolved some of the issues that's going on in in the country, really. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point. And, and I think, you know, I think there's so many different ways to, to look at you know, when they should come back, I, I, I'm totally with you. And that was my biggest, that was what I was most skeptical about was messing up a future season. Like right now, you know, I, I call division one college football FCS here at Cal Poly. We're scheduled to open the season September 5th against Louisiana Monroe on the road. And then we're supposed to go up to Cal and play the golden bears in Berkeley week two. I don't think college football is going to happen on time. I think it has to happen because if you look at some of the budgets for some of these athletic departments, they're literally going to crumble without college football. Oklahoma, for example, they have an athletic budget of $180 million. $120 million comes from football alone. Wow, How's that's a wild. program like Oklahoma going to stay afloat if there's no football? But I'm with you. I don't want college football being played from February to May because that's going to mess up what could be a regular season next September through January. So uh, I think, and I'm really happy I'm, I'm not making those decisions. Because no, I think that, we all those are. are. Those are tough decisions to make. But I, I do think that just with the pandemic, even if the, even if the death rate is going down and the cases are going up, and, and like it probably is, it's, it's younger, younger guys like, like ourselves that are getting it, getting tested, we're asymptomatic, we don't feel sick at all, but we have it and we're capable of spreading it to people that unfortunately... Uh, you know, could be devastatingly affected by it. And, and I, I think that's the that's the thing. It's like even though the risk for for athletes are, are, are I'd imagine, very, very low. I mean, let's not forget Rudy Gobert was about to play in that game uh, b- before he he tested positive. No, he wasn't feeling well. But players play through through the common cold and, and strep throat and the flu all the time. And that's fine. But obviously something like this, I, I all it takes is one very tragic scenario with an athlete. And I, and I love that athletes are, are being given um, the opportunity to make that decision. Like, I don't, I don't slander Avery Bradley at all for making that decision for he and his family yesterday. And he's got a great chance to go grab a ring alongside LeBron and AD. I don't fault, you know, whoever else is going to come forward in, in whatever other sport and decide they're not going to play. Uh, selfishly, I do want sports back and I do want to see these teams play. I'm just having trouble trying to figure out, okay, if you have a breakout in an MLB clubhouse, are you going to shut down an already short season where you really just, for whatever reason, can't play past September? Um, You know, are you going to shut that down? Or or what about in college football? What if a group of defensive backs, what if in the DB meeting, two guys have COVID? And the other guys have to be quarantined. Are you just going to go into your next game with no defensive backs and stick the backup running back over there? So, I, I mean, it's so complicated. And, and I, I agree with you guys in, in a lot of ways that, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be coming back until we, we do have a vaccine and until um, things are, are um, you know, better uh, in America in, in, a, in a number of ways. But at the same time, the, the argument from the other side is that in the sports business, we're kind of like, we're kind of a business of healing, right? We've had players, we've had coaches, we've had fans go through tragic events. And where do they go for their escape? They go play the game, they go coach the game, they go attend the game, they watch the game, 
And that is their escape from uh, whatever's going on outside of that game in that moment. And, um, you know, in the same light, movies can be healing for a lot of people. A lot of people that are really into movies, you just be watching a movie and everything else in your life doesn't really matter when you're watching that movie. And I think for a lot of people, maybe including ourselves, when we're watching a really important sports game, there's not much else that matters at that moment than that sports game. So as much as I think America needs sports from a healing standpoint and just coming together and, and being able to get excited, you know, unanimously about something, I think there are a lot of hurdles and, and a lot of potential sticky situations that some of these leagues and some of these teams are going to find themselves in. And, and obviously the hope is that things get a lot better before the end of July, but it doesn't really look like we're trending that way. And um, I think it's just going to be interesting to see if it actually happens. And if it does happen, I really hope that there's a solution other than drop everything and stop playing again, because I, I think you have to have, and, and I do like the, I, I've seen everything the NBA's done with the, with the ankle bracelet or whatever, the monitor. I, I hope that's effective. Who knows if it will be, but um, you know, there, there's, I, I, I can see both sides of it when it comes to the return of sports, but I'm not going to shy away in saying that I'm extremely excited and I hope that to the best of everybody's ability, they can play and, and make it through without, you know, a- anybody getting hurt. Yeah. And I, I think you said, you said it best earlier. You said you weren't really going to believe it till you saw the ball bouncing or, or someone swinging a bat at, and it going out of the park kind of, kind of thing. But with, for us, for us and for me, like, like you were saying, it, there's just so many uncertain unknown variables that nobody knows what the the outcome will be that it, it's it's such a risk to be taking but but it's it's that constant tug of war and 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 like you said you're you're not ashamed to say that you're excited for sports to be coming back and I, I feel the same way uh, at the same time it's it's such a a crazy crazy dynamic and and recently the MLB just finally announced, which seemed like years ago, that we were going to have a season, and now that's that ball is rolling. The NBA was the first um, league to shut down, and now the, they're going to be the first one to start up. But like you say, who knows if this is going to work? How well does that bubble in Orlando actually work as far as testing and you know the people contracting this virus? But with the MLB, they just recently said that hey, we're going to have a season. But again, it felt like it took months and even years to finally get there yeah and and it's almost as if uh you know this situation put major league baseball and their players association kind of up against each other not not to say that this wouldn't have happened after the collective bargaining agreement runs out next year but i think in a lot of ways and and whether it be you know couples that have been stuck under the same roof at home kind of getting stir crazy together for three plus months at a time or, or, you know, some of these sports teams uh, and some of these players and owners not really getting on the same page. I, I think that um, it has raised, um, you know, a concern for everybody, but I'm happy to see that, that players um, aren't going to be necessarily dock their pay if, if they don't feel safe doing it. And I think that's been the biggest issue throughout this whole thing. I, I really feel like, you know, people need to kind of control their own destiny. I mean, if you do want to go out into you know, public in a crowded place, uh, you, you know, you, you kind of are putting yourself at risk and, you know, you want to take the precautions necessary to, to not put yourself at risk. But 
I mean, we'll, we'll see how they can do it. I mean, South Korea, I've been watching Korean baseball a little bit here and there if I'm up late. <laughs> I was going to ask you that earlier. I'm an I'm a NC <laughs> Dinos fan, Chris. Oh, me too. Me too. I think we I think we shared that. Oh, uh, that's when, right. When we first connected. We're big Dinos guys, and they're – I mean, they've slowed they, – they've come down. They've they came out the gate hot, but they, they've, t- they've tapered off a bit. They tapered off a little bit, but I'm still I'm still confident they're going to win it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Um, before we get you out of here, we have uh, a segment we sometimes do on the show, and I'm a bit of a social media nut, and it's it's honestly how I get most of my news, and I think that can be said for a lot of people in this generation. But when I see a sports account post a hypothetical scenario or a start one bench one cut one like we have tonight uh i'll take a screenshot and i I have a running list of these scenarios basically and we got we go over some on the show so i got three of them for you guys tonight that i thought we could end the show on so the first one comes to us from at the hoop central on twitter and the question is simple which team is better and it's it's two starting fives and uh if you want to write them down i'll I'll say them kind of slow for you real quick team one we got stephen curry james harden larry bird tim duncan and shaq Uh team two we got magic Dwayne wade kevin durant kevin garnett and hakeem olajuwon as the center so Chris as the guest will go first, then Tyler, and then Jacob. So, Chris, team oh. one or team two? Man, okay. So, here's what I here's what I'll tell you about that. I am a I am a Miami Heat fan. Dwayne Wade it means everything to me. Dwayne Dwayne Wade to me is probably okay. I I, I don't want to take it there. Dwayne Wade to me. No, please take it there. Please take okay. it there. Okay. Well, I. I I, I can't relate from the standpoint of living in the same city and actually going to games like I'm sure you went to Laker games growing up. But Many. the way that the way that a lot of my friends and stuff and I know you're a big Kobe guy and, and I'm a big Kobe guy, too, man. I mean, how could you not be if you're if you if you're not a sports fan, if you don't respect and, and, and appreciate and love Kobe Bryant's game, you know, from the second he, he stopped playing. I mean, well, I, said. Mean, I mean, I think I think majority of everybody that last game against the jazz was was rooting for him i mean you know being being a even the jazz even the jazz yeah but um being a uh being a non-laker fan growing up in la obviously i clashed a lot with people because you know i i was a miami heat fan from kind of you know the early 2000s right when they drafted wade and then they traded for Shaq, and then they won the 06 finals and I was kind of smearing it in my friend's face at the time. And then, of course, the Lakers went back to back in 09 and, and 10. And I, I, I appreciated that. But um, it's hard for me to not pick a team that D Wade's on. And, and you look at that team and you look at the, the I mean, Magic Johnson. You're, like, you're talking about a guy that's in, in a lot of people's top five, right? Kevin Durant is, is in, well, if he does come back healthy, is, is, is going to be in a lot of people's active top five. Dwayne Wade, top three shooting guard of all time. Kevin Garnett, just a bully down low, and Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, he he can do so many things. He's so versatile down there. I think I'm gonna go with Team Two. Um, I, definitely some bias behind that pick. There's absolutely bias behind that pick. That's okay. That's okay. And I don't know where and I don't know where you guys stand on the Harden versus Wade discussion. I hate that every Dwayne Wade tweet is turned into that. In the Listen, replies, but. 
You don't got to right. worry. We're all weighed over hardened on this oh, show. Yeah. Okay, good, good. Uh, unless unless he re- wins a ring for David Nwaba, right? <laughs> no, nah, I'm still going D-Wade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, all right, Tyler, team one or team two? I got to go team one. I just like, I mean, I think Shaq Duncan Bird over Hakeem Garnett and Durant. I like it, you know, I like Bird over, got Bird over Durant, Duncan over Garnett, Shaq over Hakeem. I always end up picking the team Shaq's on in these scenarios. Yeah, uh, that does seem to be a pattern I, I, with I feel, you. I feel like it's, yeah, and then you know how I feel about Steph. I definitely got, got D-Wade over Harden, though. All right, Jacob, team one or team two? No, I'm going with team one only because of their versatility. I like the inside game with Shaq, but then they also have the outside game with Curry and Harden too. And you can't forget about Larry Bird in that team either. Okay. All right. All right. The next one I got for you also comes to us from at the Hoop Central on Twitter. And this is a start one, bench one, cut one. We got Clay Thompson, Ray Allen, and Reggie Miller. Start one, bench one, cut one. Chris, who you got? Wow. Um, you know, I mean, we're all about the same age. We're all in our mid-20s, right? Is that is that accurate? That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't necessarily get to, you know, live see what, what uh, Reggie Miller could do. So, I mean, is that accurate? I mean, did you guys watch any of his games while he was still active and, and Ty- still at his Tyler, best? Tyler's, Tyler probably saw a little bit more of him yeah, than Jacob and I. I it's funny you say that because I like I would start Reggie in this scenario. <laughs> I, I did. I mean, I, I watched I watched the back half of his career, but I mean that was probably eight years. I mean he was in the league a long time, so I saw all the late '90s stuff, early early 2000s stuff. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna but, go. I'm gonna. So I'm sorry. I I start one. I cut one, and I I what was the other one? Start one, you bench one, and you cut one. Oh, you start one, you bench one. So can I bring the guy off the bench? <laughs> yeah, essentially, that's essentially what you're doing. Okay, all right. So I'm gonna take. I'm gonna start Jesus Shuttlesworth. I am going to have Reggie Miller coming off the bench, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut Clay Thompson. But that's not that's not easy for me to do. Uh, I, I, I'm a big Clay fan. I was actually hoping he'd wind up in L.A. at some point. Maybe he still could. But There's still a chance. Um, there's still a chance. As long right? as Michael uh, Thompson does color on the radio, I think there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'll roll with that. I'll, I'll live and die with any, any hate that comes with, with, with my picks. Okay. Tyler, you said you're starting Reggie. Who you benching and who you cutting? I got a bench. I got a bench Clay and I'm cutting Ray Allen. Okay. Sonic and everything, but, yeah, I got to cut Ray all right, Jacob, start one, bench one, cut one. Man, I even hate that I'm saying this. I love Reggie, but I gotta, uh, I gotta cut Reggie. Oh, I, I sit Clay and I start Allen. Uh, so all three different. I love it. Yeah. All right, the last one. And this is just this comes from at Barstool Sports's Answer the Internet series. This is a Would you rather? There's three options. Would you rather get pegged by a Randy Johnson fastball in the ribs? Or hit by Ray Lewis coming across the middle, or punched in the face by Floyd Mayweather. All three of those suck. Yeah, 100% all three <laughs> of them suck, but 
am I am I wearing football protection pads, a helmet when I'm getting hit by Ray Lewis? Yeah, normal like normal game scenario. You are at the plate against Randy Johnson in a game. You get a fastball to the ribs. You are a, oh. a receiver coming across the middle, and Ray Lewis hits you, and you are in a boxing match with Floyd Mayweather Jr., and you have to get punched in the face by him. I'm only going with the Ray Lewis one because I feel like that provides me the most protection because, I, that, I mean, a Randy Johnson fastball in his prime is breaking my ribs. Easily. I think that with today's NFL equipment, I think I could survive that okay. Maybe like a slight concussion, maybe get the wind knocked out of me a little bit. But You also might break a rib. I could break a rib, but at least I have a little more protection and then just taking one on the chin from from Mayweather sounds like I'll be losing some teeth. So that that that's like the last thing I want. That to do. one's a guaranteed hospital visit. That that's a hospital visit. <laughs> although although they might take me off in the stretcher after after Ray Lewis gets old of me. So all right, you're getting you're going with Ray Lewis across the middle. Tyler, which one you got? So, oh man, oh no, it's funny. I, I've experienced. I've experienced two of the three. I've never been hit with a baseball. So it's hard for me to, you know, really appreciate how scary that one is. So I kind of lean towards getting hit with the Rain Johnson fastball. But as far as just being fun, I would I would take I would want to take a hit from Mayweather just to just to see what, what it was like. Just to say you have <laughs> just for the hell of it. That, that's that's coming from like a weirdo standpoint though, you know. No, it's the story behind uh, it. Yeah, I would just love to take a take a take a shot from Mayweather. All right, Jacob, I'm gonna have to go with Chris on this one uh, with Ray Lewis, only because I don't think Mayweather is so much of a power hitter, but still taking one of the face, I don't know if I could do that. So I'm gonna have to go with Ray Lewis. All right, um, Chris, I I actually just remembered two questions I wanted to ask you, and you kind of oh answered, yeah, go you ahead, ca- you kind of answered one of them already. Okay. You said you're an Angels fan and a Miami Heat fan, and we'll get you out of here on these two questions. No, but, no worries. But uh, what are your favorite sports teams, and then what's your end goal as a broadcaster? Oh, wow. Okay, so my favorite sports teams, um, I feel like I've, I, I'll have some explaining to do with each one, but I'll keep it short. Um, Angels for baseball, Major League Baseball. Miami Heat for the NBA. My... <laughs> My my auntie, who's been a big you know role model in my life, was a big John Elway fan when I was a baby, and when I was like, you know, in my infancy, that's when the Broncos won back-to-back Super Bowls. So I kind of picked that up. Although I will say that my my passion for being a Broncos fan is kind of driven off a little bit. Actually, since they got rid of Tebow, because that Tebow season was so magical and so nuts. As excited as I was when they won the Super Bowl and had Peyton Manning at near MVP form, it just wasn't as fun as just the circus that was Tim Tebow. But I, I still am a Broncos fan. I still rock with them. And then I can't really have a college sports favorite team. I mean, I guess it's Cal Poly, right? But Yeah, you kind of uh, have to say be, that. Yeah, it has to be. I, I, I mean, they sign your checks. <laughs> I never I, – but I, I'll be honest. I, I never really got with either USC or UCLA growing up. I never Interesting. Really, never got with, with them. I, I respect – I'll tell you this. I really respect the history of USC football, and I really, really respect the history of UCLA basketball, and I'm thankful that I grew up not too far from those places. 
Um, and then end goal as a broadcaster, uh, I, I, you know, at this juncture of my life, I don't want to put a cap on it. I don't want to like put a ceiling on it. I, I know how the industry works and I know how tough jobs are, uh, jobs are to come by, but, uh, I'd love to work for a professional team at some point, whether it be NFL or NBA or MLB, I think it'd be awesome to be a voice of a, of a team, whether it be radio or TV. Um, if, if that doesn't work out, I think, you know, having a, a Jim Nance, Joe Buck thing would be obviously just amazing being able to call championship games and not necessarily have to be stuck with one team. You kind of just sent, get sent to the game of the week. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's kind of the end goal, but I tell you, whether it's the, the Kansas city Royals or the LA Lakers, I'd be thankful to be in professional sports. No, nah, I think you're, I think you're well on your way, man. Well, I appreciate it, guys, and, and thanks again for having me on. This was a lot of fun, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best to throw you a team two Magic Johnson type lob to get David Walker. <laughs> and we would love that. Well, man. we we appreciate, appreciate it. it. <laughs> uh, so we end the show with a shout out. You got any shout outs before you get out of here? Uh, uh, shout out, shout out everybody who's been working through all this, and and shout out everybody that. Um, you know, is putting themselves at risk in those, you know, essential jobs during this time and shout out all the, the medical professionals that are trying to get us back to normal as quickly as possible. All right, Tyler, you got a shout out before we get out of here? Uh, you know, I'm going to just because just cause he brought it up, I'm going to shout out one of my favorite football players of all time, Tim Tebow. <laughs> uh, that's, that was uh, outside <laughs> here. I, uh, I, love, I love that season. Um, and I was a huge fan of Tebow when he was, when he was playing. So. All right. Jacob, your shout-out? I actually don't have one this week, but uh, I do want to thank Chris again, though, for being on the show. Uh, I am jealous that you are in San Luis Obispo having all the, the good barbecue, though. Oh, my goodness. Firestone. Is oh, I was about to ask you, what's your what's hey, your favorite spot? If any of you guys are ever up this way, don't hesitate to reach out. We will go have a night. <laughs> so you live up there full-time? I do, I do, but um, you know, I, I I visit family down in Long Beach a lot, which has uh, been problematic as I've tried to uh, get into a new car because there's so many miles on this one from going <laughs> back and forth. All right, well, we we got to make it happen as soon as all this COVID stuff is over. Absolutely, the sooner the better for everybody. Yes, definitely. So, uh, and then I'm gonna just shout you out, Chris, for coming on. We appreciate you. We appreciate your time. He is the radio voice of Cal Poly San Luis Obispo Mustang Athletics on ESPN AM 1280 and FM 101.7 in the Central Coast here in California. Chris Sylvester, thank you so much for being on the Sports Kingdom Show. And with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. Chris, why don't you uh, shout out your social media real quick so the people can get a hold of you? I'm at Chris Sylvester underscore on Twitter, and then uh, Instagram is really the only other one that I use. Uh, I'm at C as in Chris Sylvester, PBP as in play by play. Um, on the Instagram there and uh, hope to get everybody connected with all you guys. I know Eric and I already are connected, but I hope to connect with uh, everybody else that's involved with the show on, on social media and you can keep in touch and 
like I said, man, if you ever find yourself in San Luis Obispo, please hit me up. It's 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 a good time. We'll oh, do, man. I, I plan on going soon, so I'm taking you up on that offer. Let let's do it, man. <laughs> Let me, let's do it. All right. So we appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.